Automatic, Watford Automatic. That's my prediction. That's my brand new prediction now. As we go to the halfway point almost of this season in the championship, Watford will be promoted automatically. That is my bold prediction now. Now, the beginning of the season, in fact, before the beginning of the season, fellow Watford supporters, I had predicted that the Watford Football Club men would be in and around those promotion places probably finish in the top three or four, top three or four, maybe top two. But certainly in and around the hunt, coming down to the last few games, they would be in those top three teams. That was my prediction before the season began. But now, based upon what I am seeing and what I have seen and where this team is now, I think Watford are going to be automatically promoted at the end of the season. They will get automatic promotion. That's right. Automatic promotion. That's my brand new prediction on this brand new edition of Uorns. It's actually a different edition of Uorns than what, of course, we would uh, be doing usually because you normally would hear me uh, rant and rave and talk about how Watford did or didn't do in a particular football match. But this particular edition of Uorns is not going to focus on what Watford didn't do or did do in a football match. It's going to be talking about what Watford have done and where they're going. Because I actually think now Watford are in a very good position in this championship. The World Cup is almost upon us. Watford will, of course, be back in action on December the 11th. I'll be talking about Watford against Hull. That is the game, of course, on December 11th. I'll mention that in a few minutes. But I do want to talk about the story so far at Watford Football Club this season on the pitch. August saw a good start from the Golden Boys. They won against Sheffield United to start the season on the very first day of August, to be precise. They followed that up with a very poor performance against West Brom, bounced back against Burnley with a 1-0 win there despite being down to 10 men for, what, at least 20 minutes, if not more. Tom Cleverley unfortunately got injured in that game and he hasn't played a second of football since for Watford. And as for injuries overall, it was a nightmare this first half of the season. It's almost halfway. We've played 21 games in this 46-game championship season. But it has been quite an ordeal this first half of the season. Injuries have really been the bugaboo of Watford this season. We've lost the likes of Imran Loser. We've lost the likes of Raymond I. We have lost the likes of Dan Gosling. We have lost the likes of Courtney House. We have lost the likes of many a footballer this season on the pitch for Watford. But the good news is is that this three-and-a-half-week break will afford Watford a huge opportunity to get some of these players back. Well, not Loser and not Gosling and not Raymond I. 
And I doubt Tom Cleverley as far as that goes as well. But there is a strong possibility that Jeremy Ngakia will be back. There is a possibility perhaps down the road that Courtney House could return. And there is certainly a possibility that some of the other players who you've not really seen a whole lot of could come back into the fold. Tom Deli Bashiru, who made a substitute appearance against Reading last week, could well be someone who gets some more playing time. And Espria, Yasser Espria, who was out with an ankle injury and did not play against Bristol Rovers, may well be back by the time the World Cup has concluded. I think things are actually looking up for Watford despite this long list of injuries, which has bedeviled this team this season. And I think when you think about how Watford could look at the end of the season, it, I think, gives you a lot of confidence and a lot of hope and belief. Now, I'm not one to throw the silver lining there. I mean, I will offer positives. But as I've always said, I think these players have to create that kind of expectation with their performances and the way they're doing. Well, under Slavin Bilic, the performances have got better for the most part. There have been some very miserable performances. We know very clearly about that with Bristol City. We know very clearly about that with Millwall. We know very clearly about that with a number of other games. But there have been performances that have been a lot better. Watford have started some of these games a lot better. I think of the game against Coventry, despite the defeat there. I think of the game against Reading. I think of the game against Luton. I think of the game against Cardiff, even though Cardiff scored first. Because Watford started poorly in that game, but after 15 minutes, it was all Watford after that. There are signs that this team is building something that's a bit more cohesive and more consistent. And I think that you're going to see that manifest itself in these matches coming up after this World Cup break. I'm going to talk after this break about Watford, the transfer market in January, and what is to come, I believe, for this team when they play, starting from December 11th, going through to May the 6th of 2023, on this brand new edition of Coldplay on this new edition of a Yes, indeed, Omar Moore here, and it's great to have you aboard. On this edition of the Yuan's uh, podcast, Watford, of course, the name of the game here, and of course, Watford Football Club, the name of the game on the pitch, as well as off of it. And this season so far, look, it's been, when you think about it, with all the turmoil, with all the ups and downs, 
with all of the distractions and the noise and all the injuries and everything else, poor performances in a lot of these games so far in the first half of the season, to be in fourth place right now is absolute gravy. It is an excellent position for Watford to be in. They've not played anywhere near their best football. They've had maybe three games this season where they were very good. Obviously against Luton, obviously against Stoke. That was Bilic's first game in charge. And you've got to say, the game against Sheffield United earlier in the season where they were very, very good indeed. Right? Those three games. Sheffield United, they looked very potent and dangerous. Now, Emmanuel Dennis was playing in that game. That was way back when, at the beginning of August. That was the game that the only game that Emmanuel Dennis would play for Watford before he went off to Nottingham Forest. And how's that working out? And since then, you know, listen, Watford's performances have been very uneven. They've been inconsistent. But the last few games under Slavin Bilic, generally they've been trending in the right direction. They had won three consecutive games under Bilic. It's been a long time since Watford had won three consecutive games. They certainly didn't do that last season in the Premier League. And you have to go back to back in March of 2021 for the last time Watford had won anything like three, four, five, or even six games in a row. That was under Cisco Munoz when he was the manager when Watford were last in the championship before this. So Slam Bilic has brought a bit of continuity at last. It's taken a little bit of time and it will probably take more time for things to gel the way he really wants it to because Watford still need to iron out some kinks. But for Watford to be in fourth place after 21 games of a championship season where they had played poorly in most of these games, that is an excellent, excellent position to be in. With all these injuries, with all of these people out forever, Raymond I don't know when he's coming back. I can go on and on and on. And for them to still be in fourth place in a very, very competitive championship, that is absolute gravy. And Watford have not really played well in the vast majority of these games. That means, in my book at least, that there is a lot of promise and potential ahead from this football team. And it also means that I don't expect Watford to do too much in the transfer market in January. The January transfer market is typically thin as it is. The squad has been thin all season. I said that when the summer transfer window ended without us really bolstering in the key areas that we needed to. Right back is obviously important. The central defense, obviously important. And of course, midfield is obviously important. And there was certainly an upgrade there. But without Tom Cleverley, and now without Dan Gosling, who was playing it right back for a while because we had defensive uh, holes there and just didn't have what we really needed, we are now thin even more so. And so even with all of that said, I do not think Watford are going to make this massive splash in January because typically in January, you're not going to get these big blockbuster players who come in. Watford don't have that kind of budget, that kind of payroll. And what you're going to probably get is a loan deal or two, maybe three. Just like they did at the beginning of this year for last season when they got Samir, they got Camera, and they also got in another player as well, Kayembe. 
Kayembe and Camera have been staples in this Watford team now. But what we need now is a bit more stability in the back line and in midfield for cover. Now that loses out for an extended period of time. And now that Dan Gosling's gone down, there needs to be cover in both areas now. I think Watford will address that, but I don't think they need to do it in any great shakes. Why? Because when these players come back, it will be like a new set of players coming in. In the short term, yes, it would be very wise for Watford to get players that fill these gaps. Certainly another right back would not hurt you. But the reality is in, in January of any transfer market, it's going to be very slim pickings. And if it's going to be very slim pickings, do not expect Watford to make a big splash to get players in. They're not going to get these big time players in to fill the void at Watford in January. What they are going to bank on, in my view, is to get the players back who had been out, like an, a Jeremy Ngakia, like a Raymond I, like a Tom Cleverley. They're banking on those players coming back in the next few weeks or months that will put things right. And they're also banking on the players they have, they have presently who can make a difference now that Slavin Bilic will be able to spend three and a half weeks with them. They are not all going to be sitting on the beach. None of them will be. There will be time when they go to the south of Spain in the next few days or weeks where they will have to work on everything and they will. They'll spend some time together. It will be like a mini training camp. It will be like as if it's the start of the brand new season. And for Watford, this World Cup break will feel like the beginning of a brand new season. You have to really forget about the first 21 games. You can't forget about fourth place and the fact that you've got 33 points from 21 games. That you can't forget. But what I mean is you have to really throw out that first half of the season now and focus on what's in front of you for the second half. And it starts with the game against Hull at the Vic this December 11th. That will be a Sunday. Now, that's a very important game because it is important to get off to a good start. Very important to do that. It will be a game that must, must be won by Watford. It will be a 3 o'clock kickoff on a Sunday, not a 12 o'clock kickoff. Watford take on Hull City on December the 11th. And it will be the first of two games against teams in the bottom five. Now, the last two opponents have been in the bottom five. This will be the third consecutive opponent Watford have faced who have started play in the bottom five of the table. They lost to Coventry, who were fifth from bottom. They drew against Bristol City, who were fifth from bottom at start of play. And I guess, and I believe, that Watford will beat Hull, who are fifth from bottom and will be at start of play on December 11th. And then the next game after that is Huddersfield Town. Six days later, away from home, Huddersfield Town are rock bottom. They have not been good this season. That's another opportunity for Watford to pick up three points. Watford have to be looking at these games as three-point opportunities, but they cannot start with that mentality. Because if they start with a mentality that says, oh, this is three points, they are going to lose the match. They have to start with the mentality of, this is a team we must beat. It has to be a case of desperation when you're playing against teams in the bottom five of the table. Especially when you're playing against a team rock bottom of the table like Huddersfield. Watford have, for too long, played up or down to the level of their competition. 
when it comes to a Burnley or a Sheffield United or a Norwich, Watford are up for those games and they play those games and do very well in them. But when it comes to a Blackpool or it comes to a Bristol City, they play down to the level of the competition. Blackpool now sits second from bottom. Blackpool were in the bottom six or seven when Watford played them a few weeks ago. And Bristol City, as I mentioned already, and Watford did not perform well there. So Watford have to, in all of these games, especially against teams that are languishing in the championship, have to come out with an, a mentality that says this is not free easy points. This is a team we must get the win from. And we've got to start doing that from minute number one. That is the attitude. It has to be, this is a team we must beat. Not, this is three easy points. And I think the way that Watford think about their opponents in the bottom half of the table, in the bottom five of the table, will absolutely be key to the way they come out in these games. So it's a big opportunity for Watford, these first two games coming out of the World Cup break, and then the schedule begins to get a little bit harder. The fixture list begins to tighten up because on Boxing Day, they host Millwall, who, of course, really destroyed Watford in Watford's worst performance of the season. Then four days later, on the 30th of December, uh, they go to South Wales to take on Swansea City, who have already beaten Watford this season. So these next two games after the Huddersfield match will be against teams who have beaten Watford this season. So Watford will need to equip themselves better against Millwall and against Swansea, who they travel to, again, in South Wales on the 30th of December. And then the first game of the new year in 2023 is an away trip to Carrow Road. And Watford have had a lot of success there in recent years. So if Watford can get that one as well, if they can somehow get a win at Norwich, that will put them in a really good consolidated position. And if Watford, even before we get to Watford v Millwall and Swansea against Watford, if Watford can get out of the gate in these World Cup, after this World Cup break, with two wins, Huddersfield and, uh, and before that Hull, the two H teams, Hull and Huddersfield, that's six points. And you are right in the thick of things in the championship race for automatic at that point. Right in the thick of it. Watford at the moment, if you look at their... Standing in the uh, table, they sit in fourth place, eight points behind top of the table Burnley and five points behind second placed Sheffield United. Both of those teams, of course, Watford have beaten this season. Both of those teams are the automatic promotion spot team. So there's lots of work to be done, but it's very important to come out in the second half of this season, essentially post-World Cup break with two wins under your belt. One against Hull, one against Huddersfield, and then you navigate that tricky December to January portion of the schedule, of the fixture list. Millwall, and then Swansea, then at Norwich City, then home against Blackpool. That's not going to be an easy game. That Blackpool game is one I'm actually a little bit concerned about, despite the fact that Blackpool are second from bottom at the moment. And who knows where they'll be on the 14th of January? Who knows where Watford will be in the 14th of January when they play that game. And then the schedule begins to um, change about a bit more. No easy game in the championship, though. I don't care where these teams are that Wolf have to play. There is no easy game in the championship. It just does not exist. 
Because even though some of the opponents might be easier, these games are not. They never are. And Watford are a target. And I think the team has to recognize that they are a marked target when they go on the pitch, especially against teams with nothing to lose like the bottom teams. And I think the bottom teams even get up for Watford even more than Watford get up for them, which is why, in part, I think Bristol City were able to perform much better. You knew they were going to, but I also think part of it is is that Watford were just relegated from the Premier League and that gives an incentive to these clubs, particularly these teams that are struggling in the bottom parts of the table, to come at Watford like a raging bull. But Watford, for some reason, again, their intensity level drops, particularly against these teams in the bottom half of the table. That has to change, and I hope that Slavin Bilic, I'm sure he will, he will rectify that over these next three and a half weeks. So all these games, you know, they are none of them are easy. Watford have to, loads of teams to play, of course, in the second half of this campaign, and they'll they'll face a number of teams. And then, of course, they've got Luton on April the 1st, Huddersfield on April the 7th. That will be at Vicarage Road. Then they have a tricky game three days later on a Monday night. That will be on Sky News, excuse me, Sky Sports against Coventry. Who knows where that game will be played? I mean, that may not be played at the CBS Arena by the time we get to April because, of course, they are under administration now. So who knows where that game will get played between Coventry and Watford out there in Coventry. And then they've got a game against Bristol City at home. Then they've got one at home again just, what, four days after that against Cardiff City. Then they have Hull on April the 22nd. And then you've got the final two games of the championship season. Sunderland away at Sunderland and then home against Stoke. Stoke are in the bottom five of the table. Sunderland are in the bottom, I think, bottom six in the table, something like that. They've been struggling lately. And Hull, as I said, have been struggling as well. They are right in the bottom two of the table, as far as I remember. Um, bottom, sorry, bottom five of the table. They are struggling. So Watford have a really good opportunity throughout this second half of the season. And I think that they're going to do very well. I think Watford are going to get promoted automatically. I think that the World Cup break will affect all teams in the championship. But I think Watford will actually benefit from this three and a half weeks because A, they will be working like all these teams will. And B, they'll be able to get back some of these players who have been injured. And the reason I think that Watford won't make a big splash, as I mentioned earlier in the market in January, is because all of these other players they have who I think will be, some of them at least, will be rearing to go. And it will be like having a brand new player. When you have players who've not played for months, sure, there might be some rust. Sure, there might be some, uh, you know, slowness and fitness. And there may still be some struggling to get fitness issues. But you're having brand new players on the pitch at that point. So I think Watford can sit very well here when they get back into action on December the 11th. It's good that it's a home game. It's good that it's against Hull City, a team that is in the bottom five. And it gives Watford an excellent opportunity to build on what they've done. And when you consider everything, as I said earlier, considering all the distractions, all the noise, the poor performances, all the injuries, all of the stuff going on behind the scenes, this Watford team have shown you one thing. They are focused. They are absolutely focused. And they do work extremely hard. I've criticized some of them this season for some of the performances, as I think you rightly should. But I've also made it very clear 
that support is always due for these lads. You've got Ken Semmer, who I think has been outstanding. He's played every game. He's played injured. He's, he has done everything that the, the club has asked him to do, the team's asked him to do, the manager's asked him to do. And he has to be one of the top three or four candidates for player of the season for Watford. Obviously, João Pedro would be right at the top of that list. I'd definitely rank him there. No question about it. I think he's been very important to, to Watford. Keenan Davis would obviously be another player I'd put in the mix. You might say Hamza Chowdhury perhaps has a shout. I definitely would put Dan Gosling in there. I think that he's been very important, even though he's now injured. But he would have been a candidate for me as well. Some of those players I've mentioned definitely are going to be finalists in that player of the season mix. I think Zhao Pedro will end up being the Watford player of the season at the end of the season. The Graham Taylor player of the season. I think that's going to definitely happen. Daniel Backman was an early candidate. He was making some excellent saves and still does. So there are a number of candidates. But I do think now at this point, it's all about playing together as a team. I think Keenan Davis has shown some excellent leadership. I think these players have matured. I think they are growing and moving in the right direction. And there's going to be just some things that Slavin Bilic needs to clean up with the team in these next three, three and a half weeks during this World Cup. But I think the future looks very bright now for Watford. And because of the things I've underlined, I think they're going to be up automatically. Not through the playoffs, automatic promotion. I think their main targets of concern are obviously the two teams that presently sit in that top two. Both of those teams are going to play a big part in who finishes in that top two. I think Burnley are going to be there right to the end. I'm not so sure that Sheffield United will. I'm not so sure that they will. I think they'll play a role, but I don't think they're going to be finishing in the top two. I do think Burnley will finish in the top two. And I believe that Watford will finish there with them. When I come back, a few final thoughts on this brand new edition of Watford are flying in the Southern Premier Division of the FAWNL. That's right, the FA Women's National League Championship has seen Watford really propelling themselves up the table. They were top of the table in the Southern Premier Division until recently. They are second presently and going from strength to strength. They will return to action in the Championship when they take on Billericay Town at the Vale this coming Sunday after back-to-back -back cup wins in both the FA WNL Cup and in the Vitality Women's FA Cup. 
most recently the 7-1 hammering of Fulham, which, by the way, the manager, Damon Lathrop, was not particularly happy with some parts of the play in that game. And I find that really remarkable, considering Watford put seven past Fulham, dumping them out of the Vitality Cup there, the FA Cup. But the Golden Girls will be back in the league action after a couple of weeks playing cup games. They will be back in action back in the league with an opportunity to go top of the table if they win the game and hope, of course, that Oxford do not get a victory in their game when they play. So that will be all eyes. All eyes will be on that game at the Vale coming up this Sunday. Best of luck to Watford in it. And all the players there have done themselves very, very proud indeed. They have been sensational this season. Yes, there have been some new players who have really added to that. And some of the core players continue, or the core players as well, not all, all of them, continue to do very good things at Watford. Loving the play from Mywald and from Ferguson in the goal. And, of course, from Drea Georgiou as well. And, of course, you go up and down the lineup with Flo Fife and Megan Chandler. We can go on and on and on. Uh, Addy, all the rest who have just been so good uh, throughout this season. There have been injuries. There have been ups and downs. But this team is for real. This team is a real, real threat in this championship in the Southern Premier Division. And they are absolutely pulling up trees at the moment. And I do wish them the continued success that they are having and beyond. So I am very bullish on the Watford women. Very bullish on these Golden Girls. They've got what it takes. They're showing you week after week that they can put it all together and get the result. Even if they may not play well from time to time, they may have a stumble here or a stumble there, but their mentality is ironclad and they are showing you that they mean business in this Southern Premier Division this season. Second place at the minute, and I think they can go further than that. I think they can finish top of the tree this season. There's no question about it. The mentality is right. The attitude is there. And they work so hard every week throughout the week and on game match day to absolutely make it all happen. And I am confident that they will continue in that vein. So, best of luck this Sunday to Watford as they take on Billericay Town. And of course, there'll be a lot more in-depth, actually, in-depth coverage on Watford women coming up in subsequent episodes of Yawns. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple and numerous other podcasting platforms. And subscribe to the Yawns WFC YouTube channel. If you have, thank you very much. If you have not, Please do so now. Follow on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at what at Watford, yeah, at Yuorns WFC. That's the place to go. That's the place to be on both of those social media channels. It's at Yuorns WFC and on Fanbase, which is available everywhere for you to download on the App Store on Apple, and it's available in the US, the UK, and beyond. Download Fanbase today and follow Yuorns at Yuorns, Y-O-U-O-R-N-S. That's on Fanbase. Make sure you download the app and follow Yuorns on Fanbase today. You'll be seeing pictures and video and audio that is not posted on any of the other Yuorns accounts on social media or anywhere else. So... Make sure that you download Fanbase today. There's also a special subscriber area for subscriber-only content that is unique and different from what you have seen 
as far as Yuan's is concerned. Follow along on fanbase at Yuan's. That's it for now on this edition of Yuan's. I'm Omar Moore. And of course, we are in the World Cup break. There'll be more to come. Best of luck to Ismail Assar and Senegal. Except, of course, if they are playing England. Best of luck to England in their World Cup journey. And for Watford in these next three and a half weeks, best of luck to you as well with your preparations for the second half of the championship season. And once again, to the Golden Girls, keep shining and stay golden. That's it from me, Omar Moore. Until next time,